What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, as we get ready to take you through the next hour of golf betting conversation. And the master of the limited field, no-cut event, Xander Shoffley, does it again, takes a liking to that format and brings home the gold medal from the Olympics in Tokyo. Wes Shoffley has four PGA Tour wins on his resume for his career. Three of those are in those limited field, no-cut events, and he does it again by holding off Rory Sabatini, who shot a 61 in the final round. He took home the silver medal, and then C.T. Pan, won in a seven-player playoff to take home the bronze. Yeah, and uh, Xander Shoffley pretty much led throughout the entire weekend. Kind of made it a little dicey there at the end where he let some guys back in. He had about a three- or four-shot lead for a good part of the fourth round on uh, Saturday or Saturday night slash Sunday morning, depending on where you were watching. But it almost looked like uh, the uh, the joke is the boy from Bratislava, Rory Sabatini, <laughs> who is not from Slovakia, but married into Slovakian heritage heritage and changed his citizenship because of course Rory Sabatini is from South Africa but at 45 years old he shoots 61 a course record on Sunday 10 under par posted the low number at minus 17 so I guess uh, if people want to refer to it as carpet bagging uh, getting to a nation that you're going to represent and be the best golfer from that nation instead of being at South Africa where it's obviously more stacked it paid off for Rory Sabatini he gets a silver medal CT Pan from Taiwan I will call it Taiwan so 
so hopefully the Chinese government doesn't isn't listening and doesn't come after us. But uh, C.T. Pan did emerge from that seven-man playoff to take the bronze. Colin Morikawa, Paul Casey, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, Sebastian Munoz, Mito Pereira. Also part of that playoff, Paul Casey was my nearest pursuer for an outright. Had a small piece of Xander in play after the second round to go ahead and get this. So made a little bit off the deal. But nevertheless, Xander Schauffele, once again, like you said, no cut, short field events. He is the master of that. And we will see if this is going to build some momentum as we go to this WGC next week. And then in two weeks, we get started with the FedEx Cup playoffs. But Xander Schauffele, look, he's shown he has the goods. I know this was a smaller field, but there was elite company there at the top. So we shouldn't take away from him. He is a major championship quality winning golfer and a multiple major championship winning quality golfer. So maybe this is kind of the boost or the kick in the you know what that he needs to go forward and finally cash in. Well, we talk about that a lot, building towards winning a major championship. It takes international competition. It takes Ryder Cups. It takes President's Cups. It takes Olympic gold. And maybe this is the absolute logical step for Xander Shoffley to take that next step in his career and add a major championship to his resume. Yeah, a- absolutely. So uh, Xander will be uh, going forward. And look, this isn't going to do anything to his prices in the majors. It's like we always kind of like him, but it's like he's priced a little bit too short for a guy that's never really broken through or hasn't won in a while. But that's why he gets the respect, and the market respect is going to keep coming with how he performed in Tokyo this week. All right, let's move forward to this week's event, and that is the WGC FedEx St. Jude, a World Golf Championship, a limited field with no 36 holes cut basically the best 66 players in the world competing at tpc southwind in memphis tennessee justin thomas is your defending champion wes how did you attack this one this week yeah a big field here not in terms of size but in terms of quality 48 of the top 50 in the world the guy's not playing john rom of course had to withdraw from the olympic games due to covid19 also christian bezadenhout is not going to be in this field so yeah 48 of the top 50 so look i basically went to you know the normal stats in terms of approach ball striking also went on course form guys that win here tend to do well here pretty much every year so you got to be looking at the the brooks and the Dustin Johnsons uh, in terms of like some of the favorites Daniel Berger won back-to-back years here when it was the FedEx St. Jude Classic Memphis is at an event every year on tour since 1958 this is just the third year though that it's the WGC and it looks like it's going to be the last year as we'll get to later on in the segment with the PGA Tour schedule for next season being released this morning. I really like this golf course and a lot of the players on tour really like it too. Phil Mickelson has been very outspoken about how he thinks it's very fair and and challenging, challenging enough where it really tests the players, but it's not brutally difficult and quirky. Mm-hmm. Billy Horschel has been another big proponent of this golf course. I think it was Matt Humans and myself that both landed correctly on Justin Thomas last year. We'll see if we can get another one this season. This is Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show, right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you as we continue previewing this week's event, the WGC FedEx St. Jude. And with that, let's bring in our guest. It is the member guest segment, and it is time to join Eston McLaren. He's making his long shots debut. He's the managing editor for Sportsbook Wire. He covers golf betting, and you can follow him on Twitter at Eston McLaren. Eston, thank you very much for joining us here on Long Shots. 
Thank you very much for having me. As you said, very exciting week coming up out of the Olympic break and a great course at TBC Southwind. I can't wait for this event. Well, you know, the, the British Open, the Olympics, and then, of course, we have the Rocket Mortgage and the Detroit Golf Club, you know, for the, and then the 3M Open. I mean, there hasn't been many golf courses in the last six weeks that we have seen or that we're used to as usual suspects on the PGA Tour. The John Deere Classic was one of them, and now we get another one, another golf course that we've been familiar with for years, TPC Southwind, where, as Wes mentioned earlier, they've played here since 1958. Now, this is just the third year in a row that it's been converted over to a world golf championship but again maybe a little bit easier on the handicap because we are more familiar with the golf course tell us about the course Eston, and what did you use as far as emphasis in your handicap this week as far as skill sets that you think will translate into success Yes, uh, third year running here, but, you know, a lot of the big names are making their third appearance. And then, you know, quite a few prominent guys, well-known guys who played here when it was just the St. Jude Classic. So, yes, lots of course history to fall back on. Par 70, 7,233 yards. You know, not not a long test that we, we see so often through the summer. Uh, lots of bunkers, a little bit of water, rolling fairways. You know, the Ron Pritchard designed this. He hasn't. He doesn't have a whole lot of other PGA Tour venues. Or Ronamink is the only real other one of note. The 2018 BMW Championship hosted there. Uh, Justin Rose tied for second. Xander Schauffele tied for third. Uh, Rory was a top five finish as well. So, you know, a couple guys with experience on his courses. But to me, this one compares to CI One's Plantation Course, home of the RSM Classic. Uh, strong emphasis on strokes and approach. Strokes and around the green. One of the par threes is over 200 yards. Par fives are moderate in length. And then the par fours, we have one under 400 yards, four between 400 and 450, and then eight between 450 and 500. So the long par fours, to me, is the focal point of the you know extra stats on top of strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green. And then you know you can look at sand state percentage as perhaps a little bit of a tiebreaker, a differentiator between two guys you have fairly closely ranked. Esten, uh, it's always kind of an interesting handicap when you have guys that are traveling the following week for an event on the other side of the world. But we have seen guys win in this situation before. Of course, Paul Casey did it earlier this year, went from the Bob Hope or American Express, whatever you want to call it, over to Dubai and won the Desert Classic that year. DJ did that one time and then won in Saudi Arabia. So it's not unprecedented for guys to win on the other side of the world and then come back the following week and play well. But how did you approach all those players, especially some of the top end guys that were competing in Tokyo for the Olympic Games? Yeah, a big part of that for me is you got to look at the age of those guys and, you know, all the young guys who were in the Olympics and a lot of them playing this week. They're all young. So that's not going to take maybe the the same factor that you would see uh, some of the older guys. So I'm not weighing it too heavily against them where I will give it an advantage is to a guy like Brooks Kepka, who's had a couple of weeks off just sitting around getting ready after the British open. So to me, Colin Morikawa coming back from the T4 finish, I'm going to lean slightly to Brooks because he's had that time off, but I'm not really going to weigh it against Colin Morikawa. He's a great fit for this course, obviously in great form off of the British open win. So I'm not going to factor the travel against those guys, but to me, it's an advantage, Brooks.
the guy that probably you would think Brady would, it would affect the travel the most, at least is Patrick Reed, who got that late call. Captain America at the 3M Open didn't withdraw, ended up finishing his Sunday round, went over to Tokyo, competed in the Olympic Games, now coming back to Memphis this week. Yeah, and he played, of course, in the Open Championship as well. I think he's played about four or five, six weeks in a row. Right. And uh, yeah, maybe some fatigue will set in for Patrick Reed. Uh, Eston, we've seen uh, a couple of different types of players win here. We've seen bombers like Brooks Kepka and Dustin. Justin Johnson and Phil Mickelson back in the day has had great success here. And then we've also seen the ball striker, shorter hitter type players have great success here at TPC Southwind as well. David Toms, Nick Price, Daniel Berger, uh, Justin Leonard, Steve Stricker. Now, you mentioned Sea Island, where they play the RSM Classic. Did you find any other golf courses where you saw the same names popping up as having success at both that particular tournament and this one here in Memphis? I didn't see a whole lot, to be honest. And, you know, you got to look at the names you mentioned and a lot of those shorter hitters, the ball strikers, you know, a lot of those lesser names are coming from the St. Jude Classics. You got to compare the strength of the field and the field's so much stronger for this WGC. And we didn't have all these bombers playing the St. Jude Classic every year back in the day. Daniel Berger, you know, obviously the top name, Dustin Johnson as well, sorry, with two wins, both of those two guys, uh, you know, so DJ, I think just because of his prowess and his pedigree, yeah, uh, obviously he, well, there's no course in the world that plays against Dustin Johnson's strengths. And, you know, Daniel Berger is kind of in that tier too. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to focus on the long hitters, but uh, for me, those guys, they need to have the, the strong short game as well. So that's the guy, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, obviously, who everyone thinks of when you talk about a bomber. He's the guy I'm fading this week just because he doesn't have the strong around the green game of late. Uh, you know, putting, he's a very strong putter, but he hasn't had that short game. Doesn't typically need as many short game strokes as the rest of us, but uh, he's the guy, of, you know, we're getting a good number on Bryson DeChambeau this week. Plus 3,500, that's good. But I think that's kind of a trap that it, it's made to look better than it should. Uh, I have no interest in breaking the shambo this week. Eston, a loaded field in terms of quality, maybe not so much in terms of size, with only 66 players in this limited WGC field. John Rahm, the only really top player that is not here this week. Christian Bezadenhut, also in the top 50, not in this field. But you've got kind of a handful of guys. You don't necessarily have a clear favorite, even though Kepka and Morikawa pretty much the shortest prices across the board. But you have Kepka, you have Morikawa, you have Xander Schauffele, off now being an Olympic gold medalist, Jordan Spieth, JT, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Roy, and then you mentioned DeChambeau just a little bit down from them. So a lot of guys kind of in that range, anywhere from 12 to 1 to 20 to 1. Are you skirting the favorites this week and trying to find value down the board, or are you going with one of the chalky guys? Uh, I'm going to stick with the, the big guys. And, you know, you look at WGC history, and, you know, these are so strongly suited to the biggest names in the world. Colin Morikawa won at the workday earlier this year, won at the British Open, a strong performance in Tokyo. So 12, plus 1,200, you know, I got to get a piece of that. To me, the favorites here and in kind of any WGC event, to me, you got to hedge with the favorites. So you sprinkle on a couple of guys plus 5,000 or better, and then you kind of cover your losses by splitting a couple units again uh, amongst Kepka, Morikawa, Shoffley, and, you know, if you want to go back to Justin Thomas as the reigning champ, those are the four guys amongst the favorites that 
I'm going to use to, let's say, cover losses elsewhere. But, yeah, there, there are guys in the plus 5,000 range. Terrell Hatton, I love his ball striking. Uh, Corey Connors, you know, ball striking as well. T30 finish in Tokyo, uh, number 34 in the official world golf ranking. And Will Zalatoris, uh, he's a guy, you know, he was on everyone's mind through the end of last year, through the early part of this year, early first half of this year. Uh, but we haven't really heard a whole lot of them since. You know, had to withdraw from the British Open after you know a pretty good first round. Uh, you know, he still needs that win to qualify for the Tennis Cup playoffs, despite how incredible his season has been. So, you know, you look at that motivation factor. I still like Will Zalatoris this week and next, just because of that extra factor over everybody else. Eston, you mentioned the defending champion, Justin Thomas, and we saw him, of course, win at the Players' Championship, and it doesn't really seem like we've seen a lot out of JT ever since, and it really seems like the putter has been escaping him. Now, he won this championship last year and didn't putt all that well, just put on a tremendous ball-striking performance, and we know he's very capable of doing that any week. What do you think of JT's chances this week? Because if you look at his season-long numbers, he makes a heck of a lot of sense, but he just hasn't been that good as of late yeah you know justin thomas i've lost a lot of money not betting justin thomas <laughs> as most golf betters probably have he's one of those guys you know he doesn't need to be trending leading up to an event leading up to a win uh you know the numbers are always there and you know he either hits or he doesn't so yeah he's he's in that group for me that i'm going to use to cover other losses you know if i I'm, may get a sprinkle on him at the top five and top ten just to get a piece because, yeah, Justin Thomas can win this event anytime he wants, apparently. And, uh, you know, he's a great fit for the course, uh, obviously, as a very good ball striker. And the question is if the putting is going to be just good enough because that's all he needs it to be. Eston, I'm with you in terms of the fact that I think you have to use at least one of the short price guys. My personal choice this week was Brooks Capio, which we'll get into at the end of the show in terms of our picks segment, but and then sprinkle with some middle guys. But what we saw last year here, we obviously saw some top quality at the top. We saw uh, JT, Daniel Berger, who's won back-to-back here in 2016, 2017. Brooks Kepka was right there. So you had some high quality there at the top of the leaderboard where JT eventually emerges a winner at 12 to one, but we also had the Tom Lewis's and the Ches Reeves. So if you're looking for a candidate in like a DFS lineup, or maybe even an outright, if you want to do something like a top 10 or a top 20, who'd be kind of the long guy down the board that you would consider might be like the Tom Lewis at this event this year. A little different than a Tom Lewis, just because Tom Lewis, you know, didn't really have any history right. in the U S coming over, but, uh, in that tier of odds, a long shot, I'll go Ryan Palmer, uh, you know, 41 rounds here. Most of anyone in this field, you know, surprisingly 33rd in the official world golf ranking, had a T four finish in the Aberdeen Scottish open before the British open missed the cut there, but a couple of weeks off since. And yeah, I like Ryan Palmer just without experience. He's plus 300 for a top 20. So I probably like that better than the outright, uh, at longer odds, but uh, I like Kevin Kisner at plus 10,000 as a long shot as well because of that RSM classic uh, success. He has a win. He has a runner-up finish there. I uh, mentioned it's comparable course, you know, and he's another guy who you know kind of toils around until he pops and gets a win or he gets a top five finish. So I like Kevin Kisner, and then Phil Mickelson. You know, back to back inside the top. 40 of the official world golf ranking tied for second last year yeah. when his game was, you know, probably in much worse shape 
than it has been this year. Obviously, the PGA Championship win, not a whole lot of other you know, great success, but you know, that's the course that you can hit it long, and then you got to have a good short game. So you know, that fits Phil Mickelson here as well. So uh, plus 9,000, I think that number's you know, probably not giving him enough respect based off of that win a couple months ago in a major. And yeah, a great to finish last year, as I said. So, uh, you know, it, it would hurt to not have a piece of Mickelson at this number when, especially if you missed out on them at the PGA championship at a similar price. Eston, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you're going against Bryson DeChambeau this week. Any other players, uh, obviously everybody in the field's pretty much a big name this week. Any other big names that you're looking to fade this week? Either they're in bad form or you don't think they're a good fit for the course or maybe you're going to go against them in a head-to-head matchup for one reason or another. Yeah, I'm going to go against Hideki Matsuyama. He's had great success in WGC events. He's the World Class Player Masters winner this year. So, yeah, obviously it could be wrong here. But for me, him being Japanese in the hometown Olympics and then the disappointing T4 finish, he was fourth by the odds going in, but he was third going into the final round. And I think that would have hurt. He would have had so much you know, kind of pressure on him and so much built up for himself to farewell and try to get a medal especially at home. So I think that's going to be a bit of a letdown for Hideki this week and the Shambo we said, and then Dustin Johnson. Now he's a guy that I have no problem with being wrong about. If he gets it all together and wins in a week where I don't have a piece, that's fine. I can live with those, but a T eight finish at the British open was kind of the first real glimmer we've had from him since real early this year. So I don't know if that's going to be enough, especially for him. It seems that he needs to be playing regularly. So the two weeks off here, I think that works against him. I don't really love Dustin Johnson this week. Two-time winner of the St. Jude Classic. So uh, the writing's on the wall for that pick already, but uh, that's got to be my stance this week. Brady, I think that's a good call on fading Matsuyama. Just the emotional drain last week of coming so short in Tokyo. Uh, Obviously, the face of golf in Japan. Eston got about a minute left here. 66 players, so obviously, you know, if you're playing a futures board, this isn't like the normal week where you have 150 players where you might have six or seven guys on your card. But give me your foursome here in terms of guys that you like to win on outrights here at the FedEx St. Jude. Okay, I'm going to go Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, you know, probably a half unit on each just to hedge the losses and prepare for the victories amongst the two favorites here. They're just both such great fits for the course, both in such great form. Uh, outside of that, Webb Simpson plus 2,800. Really like him. Sand play is always an extra factor for him for me. Uh, you know, if he gets in that trouble, which is the main hazard here at TPC Southwind, I like that. He, and he has played very well at this course before as well. And then Paul Casey, you guys touched on it briefly before. You know, mentioned the young guys coming back from Tokyo. He's an old guy, just turned 44. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned that, that streak early in the season, T8 at the American Express, win in Dubai, T12 in Saudi Arabia, coming off a T4 in Tokyo as well. T67 here last year, not great. But, you know, he came back from that Asian swing last year in the T5 finish in Pebble Beach. The, the travel's not going to affect Paul Casey. I, I like him at this course. 
he's a guy who can put together the short game and the putting any week as well. Great stuff, Eston. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got to get out of here, but uh, you enjoy the FedEx St. Jude, and we'll continue on here in a moment on Long Shots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots, and thank you again to Eston McLaren. Super job there helping us preview the WGC FedEx St. Jude. We have two additional events this week, but first we want to go across the pond. The Hero Open in St. Andrews, Scotland at the Torrance Course at Fairmont. And Wes, what have you got going on this one? Yeah, and uh, we do have uh, another European Tour event. By the way, it was Daniel Gavins who won last yeah. week at 100-1. to one. Uh, very, uh, Popular tip amongst 
really sharp tipsters last week, and he got home. He was like barely in the top 1,000 in the world at the end of the season. (laughs) But nevertheless, uh, he gets his first European Tour win, even though he plays mostly on that challenge tour. By the way, for the Women's Olympics, obviously, this is probably going to air for you all after we get started here on Tuesday afternoon. So you can catch uh, my column on that on vcin.com. I break down the women's Olympic uh, games here, which start on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. So going across the pond for the Hero Open, like you mentioned, Fairmont St. Andrews, the Torrance course, named after Sam Torrance, hosted the Scottish Championship last year. This year it'll be the Hero Open. And uh, it was Adrian Otegi, the Spaniard, that won uh, last year over Matt Wallace. Aaron Rye, Chris Paisley, Garrick Porteous were the top five in that event. So, you know, a little bit of dart throwing in this event because you got a little bit of a weaker field. Andy Sullivan, the favorite at 14-1, to and then a couple, bunch of Englishmen behind him. Marcus Armitage, 20-1. to Jordan Smith, 22-1. Uh, to I went and started with another Englishman, Eddie Pepperell, 33-1. Mm-hmm. T-16 on the track last fall. He's actually number one in this field in strokes gained approach. So, they he can go well you worry a little bit about the putter but maybe this is a spot where he gets it going marcel seam 45 to 1 the uh the man bun german who you all saw at the <laughs> open championship and was actually in contention got a t15 he actually got in that field by winning the challenge tour event the year the uh, week before rather this is a guy that has a few european tour wins in his career but's had to rebuild his career and that's very tough to do when you're in your 40s and you have to go to that secondary tour but marcel seam certainly has done that hugo lee own from Chile, 66 to one, four top 20 finishes in his last six starts, two top tens in his last three. If you watch those big break series on the golf channel, I can't remember which season, but Hugo was on one of those uh, series. Uh, Chase Hanna, an American here, 66 to one, played his college golf at University of Kansas. He is from Kansas City, Missouri, plays primarily on the challenge tour. And what the challenge tour is, it's basically the European equivalent of the corn Ferry tour. So it's like basically the triple A tour. He's mustered four top sevens in his last six starts there had a t6 at the kazoo open two weeks ago on the european tour in wales so thought he was a serviceable price nikolai hogard at 100 to 1 of course you know that name hogard if you follow this tour regularly rasmus hogard yes who is already won at at 19 years old but this could be a week from to emerge for the shadows for for nikolai here third in this week's field for approach Eighth and T to green. And then Chris Wood, 130 to 1. A guy that has a pretty decent pedigree. A Chris if you Wood sighting. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen if him. If you remember in 2016, he was just outside the top 20 oh, yeah. in the world. He won the BMW PGA and was a former Ryder Cupper. He's 820 in the world right now. So obviously he's struggled in recent years, but seventh in the field this week for approach and fifth in this week's field for putting. Marcus Armitage and Andy Sullivan, I remember they played in one of those very first groups out at the British Open. Mm-hmm. And both did well. I like both of those players. Unfortunately, they're the shortest prices Yeah, we, on the board. We, we're not getting the 80 to one that we hit on yeah. Armitage earlier this year, so... All right, let's talk about the other event here, the alternate event on the PGA Tour. For those that are not participating in the WGC FedEx St. Jude, it is the Barracuda Championship at Tahoe Mountain Club in Truckee, California. And you are dabbling in this one, too, as well? I am, and this is a Stableford scoring uh, format, by the way. So you get points for, like, plus eight for double eagle, five points for eagle, two for birdie, none for par, and then you lose a point for bogey. So obviously this reward attacking the pins and going for birdies big event for a lot of these guys because they want to get in that 125 in the FedEx Cup in uh, a couple weeks time there's only one more event the Wyndham next week before they decide that 125 really quickly here Patrick Rogers 35 to 1 
may come and refresh considering he played eight weeks in a row and, and this Olympic break I think might have helped him. He is currently 126 in the FedEx Cup standings. And by the way, you want to be in that 125 to secure your status for next year, your card, and also be able to play in the playoffs. Uh, Adam Shank. 45 to 1, third on tour in total birdies, and birdies are the order of the day if you want to win here. Brandon Haggy, 66 to 1, very good on Nicholas Design, second at PGA National, a fifth at Glen Abbey, 12th here last year. Brendan Steele, 70 to 1, he's got several top 10 finishes here, was raised in Idlewild, California, so he was raised above sea level, plays a lot in altitude. Wyndham Clark, who lives right here in Las Vegas, 100 to 1, 35th here last year, but made 25 birdies in the event, just got to cut out the mistakes. Michael Gellerman, 180 to one third on strokes and approach a couple weeks ago at the rocket mortgage very good greens and regulations guy just has to make putts yeah gellerman got hot for a minute there at the rocket mortgage did not come through in the end we'll see if he does as a long shot this week we'll come back with major implications when we return right here on vsin are 247 days away from the next major championship and we had less than or seven majors in less than a year with the adjusted schedule last year but now we are hopefully back on a normal pace here and it will not be until April the 7th 2022 when they tee it up at Augusta National Golf Club for the Masters. I haven't seen much change in the odds here but I did see Dustin Johnson drift from 12 to 1 to 14 to 1 at the Westgate but let's talk about the new schedule West, not just the major championships on tap, but the entire PGA Tour schedule for 2021-2022 has been released, and there's some interesting changes right here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. We get that back-to-back again, which is really exciting. They will do the Shriners Open at TPC Summerlin, and then they go to the CJ Cup in the very following week. They will not do it at Shadow Creek. They will do it at the Summit Club, which is the home course of Colin Morikawa, and that's in a very exclusive private club here in Las Vegas, and it'll be exciting to see that one on TV. And that is usually in South Korea. By the way, we are getting an Asian swing. Of course, remember, those had to move stateside last year due to COVID-19. So we are getting the Zozo back in Japan. We're also getting the HSBC champions at Sheshan back at Golf Club in Shanghai. So not getting the three-week swing, only a two-week swing, but the first of it, I guess if you want to call it the Asian swing, starts right here in Las Vegas with the CJ Cup. And by the way, uh, the uh, Silver and Napa is going to open this wraparound season that starts in September after the FedEx Cup. Then we get the Ryder Cup week, so no PGA Tour event that week of September 20th through 26th. So the normal events and then Bermuda and I believe uh, uh, the other one, Punta Cana and Dominican, become alternate events yet, so no Masters invitation. So that is how we end the year. And then uh, looking into 2022, we do have a few changes. Yeah, they go all the way through. Like you said, they will start up uh, after the tour championship this year which uh, goes right around Labor Day weekend they will take about a 10-day break and then they will resume up in Napa California at Silverado and then they will play all the way through mid-November mm-hmm. and then they have about a month and a half break yeah. where nothing will take place and then in 2022 they kick it off in Kapalua with the tournament of champions I really like that break 
Yeah, I do too. Uh, I especially like it because that's about two months I don't have to ride anything for uh, <laughs> for golf. So uh, give old West concentrate a, on football. Give old Wes a winter break. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, and Pebble Beach now moves to the last week of uh, January into February. So that in I Phoenix, think that's Super Bowl week. Yeah, because it's usually Phoenix. So that flops right. this year. I believe Valspar got moved back into March, but still in a tough spot in between that players and that WGC down right. in Austin. That uh, that uh, battle of 64, that kind of like tournament bracket that they have down there for the WGC Dell match play. So very tough event, tough scheduling spot for the Valspar because that's kind of a skippable event when you have the players and you have that WGC really surrounding it. So uh, like you said, next major is going to be normal. So we have all this. Br- I mean, we were used to having seven majors in a game calendar year we're not necessarily getting that anymore so obviously the masters uh pretty customary here in the spring by and large looks like you're having the same events looks like we are getting an event back in mexico city though at the end of april not a wgc event though wgc events which we'll get to in a minute now cut i believe only two on the schedule right and the fedex st jude the wgc fedex st jude which we're of course playing this week it is now going to move basically a week later and become a part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Right, which is also interesting in the FedEx Cup playoffs because when they started this, they wanted to always put this in major markets. Obviously, somewhere in New York, New Jersey, which does not have an event on the PGA Tour schedule, or they wanted to have it in Boston, or they wanted to have it in Chicago, or, you know, kind of bigger cities, but now you've got Memphis, you've got Wilmington, Delaware for the BMW, and then, of course, East Lake at Atlanta. But uh, let me skip back a little bit to the summer as well. Of course, the major sites, Augusta National hosting the Masters. Southern Hills at Tulsa will host the PGA Championship. The Country Club at Brookline, Massachusetts. If you remember that for the Ryder Cup when Ben Crenshaw, when they were down four points on Saturday night, goes, I got a good feeling about tomorrow, and Justin Leonard made that big putt, and they beat the Europeans at the and Ryder those Cup. awful shirts. Yes, th- those were the worst. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing about it, Brady. It's like, that is forever. That is such an incredible moment in Ryder Cup lore. And then you watch that, I was like, who designed these shirts? Which, Because uh, usually one of the tour wives is kind of responsible for some of the fashion choices. That's actually true on both sides, U.S. and Europe. And I don't know who was the designer, uh, but uh, Ralph Lauren. Her name she, has not Ralph surfaced. Lauren, she is not. Or, or Donna Karen or Stella McCartney. Not one of the the elite designers by, by and large. Uh, so U.S. Open in Brookline, the Open Championship will be back at the home of golf, St. Andrews, which has hosted the most Open Championships ever. But one thing we didn't touch on I find very interesting, and I think this maybe could be a trend. The John Deere Classic, by the way, moves to the last week of June through July 3rd. So the John Deere is no longer the week before the Open. Mm-hmm. You might get the best field that we've had in the John Deere Classic because it's two weeks after the U.S. Open because the Scottish Open yeah. is now a co-sanction. I think this is cool, yeah. I do, too, and I think this could be a pattern. I think it's probably beneficial for the European Tour. Well, they because, saw how many Americans participated in it And they year, want right? more Americans showing up. I think this might be a trial run to see how the tours can work together here, but I would expect a couple more. I don't know if maybe they'll try to do that with the Middle East swing early on in January in the calendar year, but 
the European tour does want more Americans coming over there to play their events. So this is going to be co-sanctioned at the Scottish Open, course not yet announced. Of course, that is the week before the Open Championship. So the Barbasol is going to be the alternate event for that uh, G- uh, that Scottish Open. And then the Barracuda, the alternate event, which is the tournament this week up in Reno Tahoe, is going to be opposite the Open Championship at St. Andrews. I think it's so cool that they're doing this. Uh, basically, the PGA Tour is diving in and says, you know, let's partner up on this Scottish Open and it's going to be a whale of a pre-party mm-hmm. leading up to the British Open because so many players are going over there a week early to acclimate and play in that Scottish Open and now the PGA Tour is basically putting their stamp of approval of it. It's going to be a fantastic event. Now you get two weeks in Europe that are going to be tremendous. Yeah, I think that's absolutely great and then plus uh, what they've done, they've put uh, a lot of these alternate events late in the season and they've really put them alternate major championships. So what that does is it provides Provides more of a chase to get inside that FedEx Cup 125 and to be able to secure your PGA Tour status for the following season. So they're giving these guys that are maybe struggling, that are trying to keep their cards, they're giving them guys a chance to do it. I think by putting these alternate events uh, aside from the across the pond events. So a uh, lot of opportunity, at least for players down the stretch, to make runs to keep that PGA Tour card. I think it's Aronimink. Uh, Eston McLaren mentioned this golf course earlier in our member guest segment. But they will be hosting the Wells Fargo, no longer at Quail Hollow right. next year. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, they are uh, leaving Charlotte this year. All right. Well, we will come back with the match play segment as we wrap up the Long Shots program here. Give out our plays for the WGC FedEx St. Jude, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, and myself. Stick around. We'll be right back with more here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you in the match play portion of the program where we go over our plays for the week's event. And, of course, this week, I love these WGCs. You just get nothing but star power Mm -hmm. and usually exciting finishes. It, of course, is the WGC FedEx St. Jude at TPC Southwind, which is another great golf course that typically produces great finishes on tour. So I'm really looking forward to this week. We will start with our colleague Matt Eumanns' plays. He has four outrights. Brooks Kepka is tops on his list and a pretty good number on Kepka at 13 to Mm -hmm. 1. I've seen that at Circa. That's about the highest number I've seen on Brooks, pretty much 12 everywhere else. He's got Louis Oosthuizen at 23 to 1, and I've seen Louis at 25 to 1, but uh, I'm on board there with Louis. I mean, you could argue that he's the hottest player in the world right now, and I think the guy's getting ready to kick down the door. Scotty Scheffler also made Mr. Humans's card at 30 to 1. He's getting ready to kick down the door for his first PGA Tour win as well. This guy is absolutely a world-class player. And then Webb Simpson, he matches up there with Eston McLaren. He's He's got Webb Simpson at 36 to 1. And I think Simpson makes some sense, Wes. I know in the graphics you put together for the show, uh, we have the Zoysia Grass Fairways, which you see at East Lake Golf mm-hmm. Club, which is a Donald Ross design, which is yes. where Simpson has had success. So maybe you can, uh, you know, the seven degrees of separation there, we can make some sense for Webb Simpson. You know, you know he does make a little sense. He is in very shaky form, but Webb That's Simpson. What scares me about Webb Simpson is usually very good on these like 7,000. 7,100, 7,200-yard type of courses. So, you know, when they get a little bit long, 76, 7,700 yards, maybe not so good, just a little bit erratic off the tee, and that kind of puts him in jail where he has to scramble his you-know-what off to be able to either make birdies or save pars. But all of Matt's plays make sense, and and I'm actually on a couple of them, but I'll touch on the one I'm not, and that's Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen, of course, is still trying to win that first event on American soil. I think he's at, I don't have the final number, but he's got like double-digit worldwide wins whether when you include the major, the European Tour wins, the wins in South Africa. So Louis Oosthuizen makes sense, and I was impressed at the 3M Open in Minneapolis because that was like a total dead spot mm-hmm. for Louis Oosthuizen, and he ends up finishing tied for second behind Cameron Champ. Uh, so to be able to come back off that major disappointment of which he's had three this year in majors, three top threes or better and no hardware brought home, but Louis Oosthuizen, you know, you got a feeling 
ceiling at some point. Uh, it might be just kind of like stick with him, and he's going to eventually pay off. So uh, I'll go to the ones that I match with Matt on. 13 to 1 on Brooks Kepka is where I got. Market average is about 12, so not that much lower out there. He, of course, won this event two years ago, the first time the WGC that this was an event here at the St. Jude. Has four top three finishes and six starts here in Memphis, four top fives in its last five starts, and also his last three majors, second, fourth, and sixth. So this guy is obviously in good form, and I think you're finally seeing that He's he's over that injury, seemingly. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if he's right at 100%, but he's a lot more closer to 100% than he was. He's about 99.9. When we saw him struggling at the Masters to get around. So he looks like he's in good fitness. He's had a couple weeks off, did not go over to Tokyo. So Patrick Reed got that spot. I think both Brooks and Patrick can't lay past that spot up when Bryson withdrew with COVID-19. So... Brooks Kapka in really good form other than Colin Marikawa, because when you look at the stat graphics we put out throughout the show and obviously what you'll read in point spread weekly tomorrow afternoon, who leads all the stats is Colin Marikawa. I mean, he just always leads in ball striking strokes, gain ball striking strokes, gained approach, uh, you know, strokes, gained on par fours, 450 to 500, you name it. He's leading it. So I understand why people are backing him, but I just think winning that major and then obviously getting into that playoff and actually him and CT Pan were the final two in that playoff. So Colin Marikawa did almost rally to win the bronze medal. This seems like maybe this is a week where you kind of decelerate off the gas pedal a little bit. So. I think maybe for Xander Shoffley too. Yeah, exactly. So, but who is right behind Colin Marikawa in the ball striking? That is one Brooks Kapka. So I do like him this week. Scotty Scheffler, we also matched up on 33 to one top tens in all three majors this summer did not have one at the Masters. The Ricky the Fowler effect. Yes, absolutely. Top three top tens, last five events. Number six on tour in strokes gain total, last 24 rounds. By the way, first and birdie or better on par fours. There's a lot of par fours, about 450 mm-hmm. to 500 yards on this course. So uh, Scotty Scheffler could go well. Uh, our guest, uh, Aston, uh, uh, tipped in the first segment, I am on Paul Casey, who I was on last week. Fell short of that medal. Was excited, though, to play for Team GB. Like, he was a good attitude all week. Just a really affable guy in He's his interviews. He's been in great form. Yes. And you got a good number, too. Uh, I, I'm actually on Casey as well, and I grabbed him at 33, but I saw 35 at William Hill. Yeah. yeah, so, look, cross-country travel, I mentioned it, affects players differently, but... What I and I was fortunate to be aboard when he won in Dubai. Remember, he played, I think he was top 10 at that American Express, that old Bob Hope classic there in Palm Springs. And then it's like a number of top 10s this season. Yeah, he went over to Dubai and won really playing well, obviously, in terms of greens and regulation approach. He's in the top five in this field. So Paul Casey, 35, another guy that played pretty well in the Olympics, even though he only finished T10. He actually had a birdie at the 18th to get in that playoff and did not make it. Cameron Smith, who was awesome with this ball striking last week in Japan. Gained that's more than, usually not his strength. No, it's not. He gained more than five shots on the field. The strongest club in his bag is the putter. Right. And that left let him down. He lost like a half shot to the field on the greens. If he doesn't lose that and he just kind of is right there at net zero, he's in that playoff for the bronze medal. Over the last 24 rounds, number one in this field, by the way, in strokes he ain't putting. So this is a guy that always gains around the green. And then I will close out my card with Jason Kokrak, 62 to one, trying to get that third win. And I almost considered another guy having a career year, and that being Harris English, mm-hmm. who's won here before at Southwind. But I went with Kokrak, two victories this year at the CJ Cup right here in Las Vegas. 
Vegas at Shadow Creek, also at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Top 10 in this elite field for approach, ball striking, and putting. So Jason Kokrak, 62-1. to Well, off of what you're saying there, a win for Kokrak at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Of course, that is at Colonial Country Club. Colonial Country Club is a course that I used as a corollary course this week. I think you see a lot of uh, crossover success. And Eston McLaren mentioned the RSM Classic at Sea Island. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. We've seen Harris English do well there. We've seen Daniel Berger do well there. There's a lot of different ways you can go of course correlations. I think yours made sense, as does Eston. But also... You know, the Zoysia fairways, if you want to really get into the uh, into the grass and all that stuff here, East Lake, obviously, at Atlanta, we mentioned earlier, has that. Uh, the Bermuda now, I don't gr- think the course is very similar. Right. But the turf but the, species the is. The turf is. And then if you want to link the champion Bermuda grass, the style of Bermuda grass here, they see it at Quail Hollow, at Wells Fargo, Sedgefield for the Wyndham. So a lot of different links make sense here despite you know like Eston said Ron Pritchard even he consulted on this with Hubert Green and Fuzzy Zeller years ago right. but Ron Pritchard does not have a ton of PGA Tour designs it's not like Donald Ross or Nicholas or Arnold Palmer or Tom Fazio or anybody like that so you you know you have to reach a little bit and have to have to dig a little bit to be able to find course uh, correlations yeah so i looked at uh, colonial country club and i also looked at pebble beach if you look at the guys that have had success at pebble beach daniel Nicholson, berger daniel berger dustin johnson brooks kepka with a very high finish in 2019 at the us open at pebble beach louis ustazen they've all had success at tpc southwind and then the guys that have played well at colonial country club mickelson david toms justin leonard steve stricker nick price they've all done well here at TPC Southwind as well. So I landed on Daniel Berger. I mean, he's won at Colonial. He's won sense. at Pebble Beach. Uh, I, I couldn't look past him this week. He's had great finishes in both the British Open and the U.S. Open. Uh, got him at 25-1. to 1. I went with Louie at 25-1, to 1, who, like I said, I think he's arguably the hottest player in the world right now. And maybe it's not going to be a major championship where he'll kick the door down, but uh, I, I just find it hard to believe that this guy's not going to be in the mix again. I'm with you on Paul Casey. He's had a tremendous season, a number of top tens. He's the only guy I went with, Wes, that was at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I basically skirted the guys that are facing a 14-hour time difference this week, but uh, I prefer the guys like... Those might be like in-play guys. If you think they're going to go well, but maybe get off to a sluggish start, it's kind of like DJ when he comes back from the Middle East and then he shoots like 72 at Pebble (laughs) Beach and then the next day he shoots like 64 or something like that and he's right in the mix. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They find their sea legs after 36 holes maybe and uh, get back into the swing of things, but uh, as far as the guys on my pre-flop card I avoided the guys that were at the Olympics except for Paul Casey I did go with Harris English great history at Mm -hmm. uh, Sea Island he's got a couple of top five finishes at Colonial Uh, I also went with Patrick Cantley there's the Pebble Beach connection there this guy's played Pebble Beach five times and he's finished third 11th and ninth in three of those visits and again another guy that is great at the ball striking tremendous at the scrambling Uh, and I pretty much looked at a lot of those skill sets that Eston was talking about, mm-hmm. Wes. The ball striking, the strokes gained approach, the par fours from 400 to, uh, 450 to 500 yards, and the scrambling. I think that's what it's really going to take around here. And I want to mention Harris English, too, because he was pr- the guy that was actually the last that I left off my group here this week. He did drop to number 14 in the world golf rankings because he didn't play the Olympics. A lot of guys around that area did. So that's why he dropped. But keep in mind, this guy left – 
Royal St. George at the Open Championship is the number 10 ranked player in the world. And you're getting essentially a top 10 ranked player based on how he's played this year at 50 to 1. I think that's a pretty good guy down the board if you want to get somebody in the middle of that pecking order, maybe for a DFS lineup or an outright. Harris English absolutely makes sense. He's won here at Southwind. I mean, keep in mind that he's won two events already in this calendar year. If you didn't have John Rahm and Colin Morikawa kind of killing it, that would be the guy to be your player of the year in my opinion. And then I went with uh, one of Eston's long bombs as well, Ryan Palmer. And uh, if you look at Ryan Palmer's stats, 45th on tour in ball striking, 52nd in strokes gained approach, 40th on those par fours at 400 to, or 450 to 500 yards and 37th in scrambling. Just a very steady player. He's logged more rounds here at TPC Southwind than anybody else in the field. Uh, I was looking at him at 110 to 1 and I said, that's not quite juicy enough for me. And then I found 150 and I said I got to jump on that. So added Ryan Palmer as my longest bomb. So those are all our plays. I couldn't find any head-to-head matchups. I agree with the fate of Shoffley. I agree with the fate of Patrick Reed and Hideki Matsuyama, but I just couldn't find the right fit for any head-to-heads this week. So just an outright week for me. That is going to do it for us. Enjoy the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Thank you for tuning in to Long Shots. Next week, Andy Molitar of Bet Spurts will join us to break down the Wyndham Championship right here on VEASAN, the sports best. Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.